Welcome back to Locked On NFL Draft. We appreciate you making us your first listen today. This is fun day. It's Tuesday. It's risers and fallers. Who are the guys that are making a name for themselves that maybe we haven't talked about yet? A couple of wide receivers on tap, and we're going to get into a number of other things. Welcome to Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft. Your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Locked On NFL Draft. And we want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I'm your host, former NFL and AFL Divas are back, Eric Crocker. And as always, I'm joined by my guy, Ryan Tracy. Ryan, yeah, yeah. I, w- I always ask how you're doing, but I'm assuming you're feeling a lot better after that win the Kansas City Chiefs had yesterday. <laughs> you know, it, it's nice. It's nice to see it all come together. And uh, I'm not one that gets too down. I generally am the, in on my show. I'm the one that talks the fan base down from getting up in arms, right? Because it's going to work out most times. I believe that. But it all kind of came together. They exercised most of their D demons last night and uh it definitely sets the stage and they are one of the teams that i think it's really intriguing about the kansas city chiefs this year after going to back-to-back super bowls some of the key contributors not just last night but for the season are rookies on that offensive line in the secondary young players all around the middle linebacker nick bolton's playing well trey smith creed humphrey creed humphrey might be the best center in the league right now and he's a rookie he's nine games ten games in um it's pretty impressive and that that's why this show exists year-round because you never know when you're going to find that guy that makes a difference for your team right and one thing before we get into you know some of our first topic we're talk, talking about this prospect one thing that kind of stood out to me while watching Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday Night Football was Mahomes for everything he was it was almost like he could play even better and he had like a historically great game threw for over 400 yards five touchdowns and I thought he missed some throws yep. like he, he missed some throws that like just overshot receivers like more than two three times and even then still was able to put up great numbers had great production from everyone man it's it's scary to think about where kansas city chiefs are right now a team that is kind of they've been up and down and just at any moment it can start clicking and it looked like it did last night but speaking of clicking you talked about a receiver i haven't watched this guy but this is a guy that you feel like is someone that People, you know, might start taking notice. And that's what this show is for, Locked on NFL Draft. So talk to me through this receiver that you've been looking at. So we talked a little bit yesterday, right, about the quarterbacks that need to get a little bit more recognition. And Bailey Zappi, I think it's Zappi or Zappi, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, um, from Western Kentucky is one that's been growing, right? And I got a tip on him, I don't know, five, six weeks ago from somebody I trust who watches a lot of Western Kentucky. And so I started watching. And as I started going – one guy in particular that he was throwing to kept standing out to me. And I just kind of let it go for a while. I've been keeping it to myself for a little bit because I don't want to get you know the hype train going too early. But at this point, when you look at what Jared Stearns is doing, he's in the top of the position across the country. And for that offense, clearly an offense that is based on the passing game, uh, 42 touchdowns and seven interceptions for the quarterback – the wide receivers get to reap a lot of those benefits, right? When that's the focus. And there are a number of guys that that catch well there. But in terms of, I got to look up his total stats, making the most of your targets here, I feel like it, it's a team that 
really sets you up and sets him up in particular to have that kind of output. And he's sitting here now 10 games in at 1,350 yards on the season and 11 touchdowns. I don't believe he's the number one touchdown receiver at his school. And that's what stands out to me. The cool part for me is I I look Chiefs first, you know, generally at wide receiver because there's always who's going to be the next Tyreek Hill, right? Right. And Jared Stearns is a smaller guy. Um, I think they'd list him at six foot. So, you know, he's 5'10 and a quarter, basically. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He lines up in the slot the majority of the time. He's built real thick. He takes contact extremely well for a guy his size. I'm not going to start with the comparisons. We'll get to that in the off season, but he's somebody that I think can do a little bit of everything. I question like his super deep speed, but he's somebody that just keeps being productive in a pass first offense that I think could translate really well. Aside from like the Tariq Hill thing, you know, if we were to say, or even just what round, right? Like, you know, a guy that could possibly be entering the NFL draft, like what's it going to take for him to start to get on teams radar? Is it going to be maybe run a faster 40 time? Or do you think that maybe these teams, they, they notice him, but he might be somebody that slips through the cracks. You know, a few years ago, 49ers drafted a receiver by the name of Richie James. And he was someone that was, you know, he had some production over there at his school and played at a smaller school. But, you know, what do you think his draft stock is right now? You know, I think, he he's lucky in that there's been a couple of players from Western Kentucky that have showed up on the radar in the last five, six, seven years. And so I'm guessing area scouts are, are understanding that the attention the quarterback brings to the program is definitely something that I think will get him exposed. And so what, what may have been a, a late round sleeper a year ago, in fact, he wasn't even there. He was at Houston Baptist a year ago. He is a transfer first year in this offense and he's put up almost 1400 yards and that's a pretty good standout i do think that when it all comes said and done it's going to be about i, I believe let's see is he a senior no he is in i think he's a redshirt junior at this point so maybe not a, a an all-star uh might see in east west not a senior bowl uh invitee is my guess so he needs an all-star game and he does need to test well and take that question mark off the top but i know he's on radars and i know let's see michigan state he went for what was it? 17 catches for 180. You know, he, he's on yeah. some big school uh, radars. And I, I think he's somebody you're going to see. I don't know if he'll break the top 100 right now. I probably have him as a day three guy, but one of those guys with so much upside that you can see him growing into a significant role in the league. Right. And we haven't, th- this guy I'm going to bring up right now, we haven't, you know, prepped for him, but mm-hmm. Zay Flowers, he's a receiver at Boston College, 5'10", 117 pounds. He sounds a little bit like this guy that you're talking about with Zay Flowers. He's been more of an explosive guy. He's averaging over 16 yards per catch. Uh, hasn't had maybe the production this year that he was like. He's a junior, but I think if he were to come out into the NFL, he's somebody that teams would be like, okay, like th- this is a guy that we really like right now. You know, CBS Sports, if you pay attention to them, they have him as a top 10 receiver in this class. You know, so it's going to be really interesting to kind of see where all these guys kind of pan out and, and not just like the big name guys, because we know about the Trelon Burks. We know about the, you know, Garrett Wilson's, the Chris Olave's and and even guys like uh, Drake, uh, Drake London at USC. But there are some of these lesser known guys that will they always pop up around draft time. They always end up kind of maybe running a faster 40 time and people be like, mm, let me start looking into this guy. So I think, you know, the, the receiver that you're talking about, Zay Flowers as well, I think those are two guys that will start to be talked about a little bit more. And while you are talking about them in life, I mean, we are all bound for different things, which beach 
beachbound.com vacations, you could be bound for a really good adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness with your significant other, and bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or maybe bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up at the poolside bar or maybe creating my own taco flight. As long as I've got a good view with a good drink in my hand, I'll be happy as can be. And with uh, beachbound.com, you can find that perfect beach vacation for you. So if you guys are looking for a beach vacation, maybe not you know this winter, but start preparing for the spring, for the summertime. Look no further than beachbound.com. Go do that today. Plan ahead. I'm usually really bad with planning ahead. My family, we want to go back to California for uh, Christmas time. And I'm looking at the prices like, gosh, wish I would have bought these tickets <laughs> a long time ago. But um, speaking of you know preparing, we're talking about this uh, next guy, receiver. All right. We're going to continue this receiver talk. And mm-hmm. underrated guys, we got Romeo Dubs from Nevada. Now, you know, we've talked about the quarterback there, Carson Strong, and all that he's done. But a big part of Carson Strong and him being productive and him doing well is throwing to senior receiver Romeo Dubs. We're talking about a 6'2", 200-pound receiver who is kind of flying under the radar just a little bit. He's been productive this year, uh, 64 catches, 853 yards, seven touchdowns. Now, a big bulk of those yards came in one game against Fresno State. He had 19 catches for 203 receiving yards in that game and a touchdown. (laughs) So, you know, a lot of his production and – it's interesting to see kind of his numbers because he is a, a big play guy, but his yards per catch has kind of dropped significantly. Last year, he was averaging 17 and a half yards per catch. This year, he's down to 13, right? So I'm not sure what can be contributed to the, uh, you know, drop off in yards per catch, which going from a big play guy who last year, he had less catches than he already has. Again, he has 64 catches right now. Last year, he had like 50-something catches, but over a 1,000 yards. So over 150 more yards than what he has this season. I'm not sure why the drop-off in that. If I had to guess, maybe teams are playing them a little bit different. I watched I watched Nevada play against San Jose State, and San Jose State ran more of a two-high defense to kind of keep mm-hmm. things in front of them, and that made Carson Strong. That flushed them a little bit, and it almost seemed like he didn't know what to do with the ball, kind of like uh, Patrick Mahomes has been dealing with lately, right? Um, teams playing that too high. And instead of taking the check down, you saw Carson Strong struggling a little bit. But when he does get in the rhythm, a lot of times it's with Romeo Dubs, and he's not the the the, the quickest guy like that. Or, you know, he's not just this super explosive guy, but he's a smooth mover. I think he does a really good job. So far from what I've seen of getting in and out of his breaks, uh, you know, he, he does a good job so far from what I've seen of catching the ball away from his body. And using that frame, and now again, like you said, uh, with the receiver we talked about earlier, the, you know, Dubs is listed at 6'2", 200. So he's probably 6'1", right? 6'1", right, right. around 200 <laughs> in that range. But I do think that he's a guy that people should start to kind of take notice of. And it's tough, man. I, I was talking to a parent of this kid that um, I work with. And this kid is going to a smaller school right now. I don't want to say what school, but it's it's a non-power five division one school. And he's balling. Mm-hmm. He's balling. Dude's a freshman. And sometimes with the politics of coming from a certain type of school or whatever, you get kind of slept on. But he's yep. he's hit the ground running. He's balling. And his dad is like, man, 
Do you think it would benefit him, like, to maybe go to a bigger university? Because he's a true freshman. He's doing his thing. He started every game. He's balling. Some big university, power five, SEC schools calling. Do we – should I – you know, should – what do you – what do you think about, you know, jumping up? And I'm like, it it can help. And I think with a guy like Romeo Dubs, if he was doing what he's doing, but say he's doing it at Michigan, say he's doing it mm-hmm. at, you know, Ole Miss or something like that, people would be a little bit more on notice. So uh, it's interesting to, even at this point in his career, his senior year, even after what he did as a junior, still say that this guy's kind of slept on and kind of flying under the radar. But I'm curious to see where his stock starts to go and starts to head towards draft time. You know, I, I like where you're thinking too. And and I will say for the position that he plays, I think that because of the prevalence of 11 personnel and at least three wide receivers on the field all the time in the NFL, I mean, honestly, the more spread that we see with MB backfields, it only puts that much more emphasis on pass catchers that can get the job done. And I mean, Dubs is in the top 25 in terms of yardage produced. I know it's down from a year ago, so technically we could call him a faller but he's still up there in the upper echelon in terms of college production. And at, at the point where you're talking about, you know, a fourth receiver that can come in, give you a little bit of a spread look, you know, guys that can play, you know, part of the, the two guard role, you know what I mean? Like if you're building out yeah. your basketball team, maybe they're not the big ones. That's okay. But I think that there's more opportunity for smaller school wide receivers, maybe than there are for any other position. I, I know that we got, you know, NDSU quarterbacks and we got some, you know, Wisconsin Platte River um, linemen coming out every year, but I think wide receivers there's there's a good group of them too. And I think the other thing that might hurt Dubs in particular, and I wonder is like who he plays with. There's a couple of guys that I want to ask your opinion about. Uh, let me get in the next one because I think it's it's all pieces of the puzzle, and you have to project that to the next level on the roster that you're looking to fill as well. Right, and there are other receivers I think that are kind of still slipping through the radars. We got David Bell from Purdue, and he just had a big game. Uh, when did, when did D- David Bell just exploded a week ago on the scene. This is a guy who has 75 catches for 1,100 yards right now, and he's everything at Purdue. He's a 6'2", 205-pound receiver. He has explosive ability. He was a guy that when I was watching – I was watching Greg Newsom and I was really high on Greg Newsom. I thought Greg Newsom, he had my favorite film as mm-hmm. a cornerback uh, in, in the 2021 class. And a lot of it was from the job I thought he did on Bill, but that's the respect I have for Bill. I think he is someone that should be talked about more again, like a, a receiver that has been productive. He's been productive for two years now. You know, everybody talked about Rondell Moore there, but you know, one thing that people didn't notice Rondell Moore, when you just watch the film, especially like the All-22 and, and not like just highlights, he was somebody that when they went like 21 personnel, Rondell Moore wasn't on the field. He wasn't like right. an every-down receiver. But you have Bell, he definitely was. So he's a guy that I'm definitely looking to see, you know, how that whole thing kind of shakes out with him at, at you know, just – once the draft time comes, and he is a junior, so he doesn't have to come out now. But I don't know. I just think somebody with his type of talent, they're going to be coming out a little early. And I know before we get to our last guy that we want to touch on today, I want to let all of our Locked On NFL Draft fans know that there is an incredible app for everyone who needs to buy gas. And the app is called Get Upside. My, lis- my listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. All you have to do is just download the free app, Get upside on your Apple store or 
your Google Play Store. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. You don't have to pay for full price of gas at a pump ever again. Get gas right now by using the GetUpside app. And you can find it at whatever gas stations are near you. The GetUpside app will tell you which ones qualify to use. And it's easy to really get the money back. All you have to do is just add your bank account, your PayPal, your e-gift card, and your Amazon card, whatever card it is that you use, and you'll be able to get loaded right there, right now. So download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. Start making money back on filling up your car. There was another guy that I wanted to get into. Some of the guys that just kind of slept on it. And I mean, there are a lot of running backs that people talk about, but I feel like the one that's not talked about enough, and maybe because it's not like just the splashy name, right? It's it's not the Isaiah Spillers. It's not the Williams out of Notre Dame. It's not Brees Hall. Those guys, I think they get a lot of love, but Brian Robinson, the receiver, I mean, running back, excuse me, the running back out of Alabama, talking about a 6'1", 225-pound running back who's a red shirt senior. So he's been around a lot. And I feel like when guys are like that up there in age, red shirt seniors, it's almost kind of frowned upon, almost like the, the NBA draft, right? Like you you can be like great in basketball, and, but if you play all four years, like you're probably going to go second round <laughs> in the NBA draft, <laughs> right? Like there's got to be something wrong with this dude. And Brian Robinson, I mean, the only thing's wrong with him is he's had to sit behind Josh Jacobs, Najee Harris, and all these other backs, uh, Damian Harris, all these other backs that Alabama has had, he finally gets a shot, and he's taking advantage of it. Now, I think the one stinker that people will probably uh, look to when they start to look at, you know, kind of dig into his numbers and some of his production, and you and I talked about how we like to, you know, look at, hey, how do you do against this team? How do you do against that team? Well, I like to see how guys do against LSU because a lot of times they have good defenders. A lot of times they have fast linebackers, a big front, especially for a running back. I want to see, like, okay, how, how'd you do running away from those guys? 13 carries for 18 yards. So not ideal against that big of, <laughs> you know, uh, competition. But on the year, still uh, almost 1,000 yards, five yards a carry. He's also a good receiving back, uh, 23 catches for 205 yards and two touchdowns. He almost reminds me of kind of like not, – not, he's not going to be a – a Najee Harris first round pick or a Josh Jacobs, but you know, almost like that TJ Yeldon, right? A guy that mm -hmm. goes maybe day two, early day three. I think I could see Robinson kind of go in that range. More of a smooth guy, power runner, not as explosive, but still somebody that I feel like should start to be on people's radars. And he's not being mentioned with a lot of the other guys in this class. Well, I say this, I, I didn't see the Crimson Tide this last weekend, um, but the last time I saw a little highlight package, I actually got a little bit of a, hey, he almost looks like Najee a little bit. Just not yeah. a lot, just a little bit, right? And that's enough. I, I agree with you. Like when you get to that point, if you didn't play at, at BYU and you're a uh, anything senior, probably you start to get looked <laughs> down on, right? But but like you said, everybody gets their opportunity. It's what you make of that opportunity. And now it seems like he's cruising along. I think this does feed into, like you said, there are some matchup problems. There's also some things that at that point, the running back as the positional value that we've talked about in the past, I think this probably is, is a cautionary tale for taking a player like that high because you might have a need or something like that. When you have, I think, plenty of options in this particular draft, there's going to be a lot of them. My question to you, and it takes us back to the wide receivers. So we have Jared Stearns, a riser. We have Dubs, a riser. I, did we, I don't know, do we call him a follower because of the 
yards per catch. Maybe I had that back. Nah, I, I think no? we, we still like him as a riser in the sense of how people, you know, who, if you don't know who he is, then he, he can only rise, right? And he's not somebody that we're expecting. I would say like a follower is maybe like Chris Olave, right? Because I saw some mocks yeah. preseason that had him going top 10. I don't think yeah. Olave is going to be going top 10 and he might not even be the first receiver from his school taken. So when it looks, you know, when we talk about Romeo Dubs, I mean, you know, I think he he should be a riser as somebody that continues to produce, you know, even though it's at Nevada. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Robinson is, is a riser as well. Um, and I would say Kenneth Walker probably is too from Michigan State. Like he should be eligible. Will he come out? I don't know. We'll see. But I think it, it also goes back to that concept of, are you the primary guy at your position? Now, running back is clearly a different thing than wide receiver because you don't have as many on the field. You don't have as many options for where you get your touches. But it plays into that whole concept of, of wide receivers. Like you said, Olave, that, that brings me back to the whole thing. When you play with another quality player, does that hurt or help your stock? Because if I look back, Dubs is probably the primary. I don't see another guy that's really putting out a whole lot on that Nevada team without him, right? But right. when I look at Stearns, he's got Tinsley, who's also in the top 25 for uh, yardage produced. You've got two guys at Wake. I mean, that's A.J. Perry and uh, I always say Jaquiri, I think his name is Robertson. Like having a pair, having a duo, do you think that in general, as you go through your evals, does that help you or hurt you when compared to other classes or, or how you project to get onto an NFL roster? Yeah, it's tough. You know, shoot, we just went, we had a blast from the past uh, in a recent episode, and I talked about Cadillac Williams and uh, mm -hmm. who was the other running back? It was Cadillac Williams and Ronnie Brown, right? Both running backs from Auburn. I believe they both went top five. You don't see that typically anymore. Now, you did see Devontae Smith and and Jalen Waddle. They both went top 10. Yeah, Waddle at seven, Devontae Smith at 10. So it is possible. I think ultimately what I'm starting to find out, especially about these uh, scouts is if, if you produce and you test well enough and they, and they like what they're seeing on the film, it might not matter that there is a slight drop off in, you know, certain things. Now, when it comes to, you know, Alabama and their running backs or just running backs in general, like you said, it, it's not a position that is highly sought after now. So in the case of like a Brian Robinson, I don't think it really matters who's producing with him at the end. They're going to look at him and oh no, he kind of reminds me of, have you been watching that running back from uh, he's playing for the Cleveland Browns right now? The De Ah, uh, uh, De Ernest. Yeah. He you won know, a fantasy game this weekend. <laughs> did he? Wow. Well, I mean, just the fact that you can plug in a running back and it's just like, you know what? Let's just plug him in. He could play. Yes. He's not Nick Chubb. Yes. He's not Kareem Hunt, but he comes in. And he produces it. I think that's the thing that makes it tough for all these running backs, especially a guy who's a red shirt senior. And I know in the analytical world, and I don't know how much you factor this in, but a lot of people, you know, they look at that breakout age. And if you're mm -hmm. a guy that's a red shirt senior, you're at the very least 23 years old. Right. So that breakout age is going to be a lot later. And from an analytical standpoint, they're probably going to be a little down on it. I think it generally is. I don't take that into account. I like to keep it real simple as to on the field production, athleticism, that kind of thing, and then put that into the equation later. But, you know, everybody does it a little bit different. And we're going to have more risers and fallers as we get through here in the next couple of weeks, folks. And then we're going to start digging into where the stacks stack up, who goes where, and what we're going to get into. I'm looking forward to it. Let's do it. Peace.